Blue Wire. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. Lots to talk about today, including the NFC playoff picture, a bit of a George Kittle appreciation podcast, and again with the NFC East, no one wants to win it, but the Eagles just might. And also, did the Patriots spy? Do we believe it? We discuss. So, we are sponsored today by Harry's Razors, and with that, Fangirl Nation, let's get to it. All right, Steph, we are going into week 15, which I cannot believe it. The NFL season just goes so fast. It really does, but it's been a great season. A lot of teams have come out of nowhere, basically, provided some amazing games. This weekend, they had such great games. I mean, my whole Sunday, I didn't even pajamas so it was great to watch all of them I just sat there for you know what 10 hours and watched football so it was good that's a uh that's a perfect NFL Sunday if I've ever heard one that sounds just <laughs> fantastic um well let's I want to start off with a story that hopefully will go away quickly because I think it's kind of silly but of course there was controversy the last couple days about the Patriots potentially filming the Bengals, who they play this weekend. Um, apparently they are doing a a series that goes on Patriots.com called Do Your Job, and they feature different you know, parts of the organization. And the other day they were doing one on the scout team, and they got permission from the Browns to film. But someone inadvertently from the press box filmed the Bengals sideline. And, of course, controversy ensued, and were the Patriots spying on the Bengals. I know the Patriots have a history. I have a hard time believing the Patriots were spying on the one-win Bengals. I just do. I really, I just have a tough time with that. I, you know, I, I agree with the fact that, you know, obviously they should be able to win against the Bengals easily with no problem. But I, you know, I will say this about the Patriots. Like, they've been, just like a couple weeks ago, the Cowboys had something where somebody was on their roof taping and the, they were facing the Patriots. Um, before that, the Bills had an issue with some of the Patriots personnel still on the field during the last part of the Bills warm-up, which, you know, it's considered like, you know, etiquette, football etiquette to leave the field so they can practice without having somebody videotaping, you know, certain things, you know, things that they're going to do. So it's just how – shouldn't they have known better not to even – well, there. I think what, what they're saying is it's a production crew that has nothing to do with the, like, team operations itself. That it's a spe- separate production crew that films this, I guess, documentary-type series called Do Your Job. So, you know, honestly, I, I do think if it were any other team, it would probably be chalked up to, okay, the guy made a mistake, we move on. But to your point, because it's the Patriots and because there's a history, you know, there's been controversy – I, I just, I don't, Scott Van Pelt last night on SportsCenter said, he basically said like what I'm saying right now. He's like, do you really believe that they were trying to spy on the one win Bengals? I think, I think not. Um, I just think because there's a history there. Sure. Of sure. course, it, you know. I mean, I get that point. Um, but also like the, those easy games are the ones that you need to win. And I'm not saying that, um, 
win that game, um, all fair and square. But it, it does raise some eyebrows because, you know, if you do know the play calls in advance, you know, um, and, you know, I mean, obviously most of the plays are called through the headset, but some of those, you know, whenever they change it up or they make adjustments, that's done through signal. So it does give you an advantage and it creates an easy win. No, nobody gets hurt. You know, you're not fighting as hard at all to, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying it happened. I just it's really sketchy and like, it's happened so many times. It does make you raise eyebrows. I just to at some point be so careful that it, I just think it's ludicrous that they would situation yet again. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just feel like I don't know. I just think it's I think it's much <laughs> ado about nothing. But we'll see. I also think if the Patriots just like cream the Bengals on Sunday. I'm sure everyone will be like, see, they did spy. And my response would be like, uh, they were playing the Bengals. <laughs> like, let's, right. let's, you know. Um, so, you know, we'll see. It sounds to me like an innocent mistake, but I think, unfortunately, it's like the opposite of the boy who cried wolf, if that makes sense. Um, when this happens so many times, of course, eyebrows will be raised. But I think the Patriots have bigger problems than this and bigger problems than the Bengals because they certainly have struggled the last couple of games. And now they're very much going to be fighting for, you know, the number one seed in the AFC. The Bills lost to the Ravens the other day, so they're still ahead of them. But, you know, this may be the first year, and I know we talk about it every year, but this may actually be the first year where the Patriots don't make it. I just don't think they have the weapons. This is something we talked about last week. So it'll be very interesting to see over the next several weeks what happens because the Ravens are most likely going to come out of the AFC number one, which means the road to the Super Bowl is going to go through Baltimore and through Lamar Jackson. And I just don't know that the Patriots have the ability to to get past them. Yeah, I, I certainly think that the Ravens are leaps and bounds better than the Patriots. There's nobody that when I watch the game um, – it was really hard to see, you know, like Tom Brady get frustrated because he didn't have anybody to throw to. And so mm -hmm. all you have to do is double team him and you take that man out again. So I think teams are now figuring out that they were kind of really, um, you know, it was really hard. You've got Brady there, but at the same time, somebody has to catch the ball. So, you know, yes, it's somebody uh, does. It's like, and even one time, I've never seen Tom Brady run in like the last five. He ran for that first down, and I uh, because it was like the slowest running runner I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like probably as slow as me trying to run, but like I couldn't even. That's how. When does Tom Brady ever run for first down and rush? You know, for ten yards. I've never. Well, if it, not if he can help it. I don't think anybody. <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Nobody wants to see that. That is for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, they're not the Patriots of old. And I know that every year we talk about, is this the year? Are they declining? I just, this year they just don't have the weapons. So, you know, I think we'll see, they're still 10 and three. So, you know, yeah. it's not like they're not exactly seven and six right now, but they're still 10 and three. Uh, but we'll see how the season plays out and the playoffs will get very interesting. And, um, I don't know. And the I'm Bills a, are right on their tail. I mean, they're real, right on their tail. So I really thought the Bills were going to take 
win this last weekend. They didn't. But they had an option of basically tying it up against um, New England. So they're right there on their tail. So they they have to be real careful right now. Yeah, they do. They definitely have to be really careful right now. So we'll see how that plays out. Another AFC matchup that's coming up this weekend um, that I want to talk about before we move into that oh-so-crazy National Football Conference, the NFC, um, but is the Texans and the Titans. So the Texans dominated the Patriots a couple weeks ago on Sunday Night Football, then this past weekend lost to the Broncos. Uh, and at one point, I think we're down – I mean, we're down 31-3. to I may, have, I may have that number wrong um, because I was – covering a little game called the 49ers Saints that you all may have seen. Uh, But they were down by quite a bit. So that was really kind of funny. See, it just shows that any given Sunday because, like, you know, how do you go from that? But to the Titans' credit, Ryan Tannehill has really become the man in Tennessee, and he has brought this team back, and they are surging. So this Texans-Titans matchup is, is a huge one. Of course, you have division rivals between the Texans and the Titans. They, you know, they're they basically have the same spot. They're eight and five. So the, whoever wins is basically the fourth seed. And I do have a little bit more faith in Deshaun Watson. I think he's a little bit more dynamic than Tannehill. But at yeah. the same time, um, but at the same time, you know, like you said, any given Sunday, and you know, they're both teams are going to want this because that means the fourth seed. Yes, absolutely. Um, Speaking of playoff seeding, let's move over, as I teased there, to the NFC. But before we move into the NFC, let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. Looking for a great gift for someone in your life? Harry's is a gift that's both thoughtful and practical. Listeners on this show can get $5 off any Harry's shave set by heading to harrys.com slash bluewire. Free shipping ends on December 16th, so act now. It's a great deal for you and for him. Holiday sets start at just $20. That's within Secret Santa limits. And Harry's Blade refills are as low as $2 each, so your guy will save money over time. It comes ready to gift in a handsome holiday gift box, and your gift gives back. 1% of each sale will be donated to charitable organizations. As a special offer for fans of the show, we partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including their limited edition holiday sets, when you go to harrys.com slash bluewire. Plus, you'll get free shipping. Each Harry's shaving set comes with a weighted handle with an option to engrave, five blade razor cartridges, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, travel cover to protect your blades, all packaged in a handsome holiday gift box. Free shipping ends on December 16th, so act now. Just go to harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire. All right, so the NFC. Things are crazy. The 49ers have regained the number one seed in the NFC West and in the division. Still probably going to come down to December 29th between the 49ers and the Seahawks. And what's so amazing, of course, as we've talked about before, is that you, the either the 49ers or Seahawks will be number one or number five, which is just crazy, which is the difference between a bye and home field advantage or flying to Philadelphia or Dallas for that first weekend. So last night, the Eagles came back against the Giants. Uh, all of a sudden, they were the Eagles of old to go to overtime, and that was a huge win for them. So... 
These next several weeks will be very interesting in the NFC East. So here's how it plays out. The Eagles have the Redskins this weekend, which is certainly an easier game than the Cowboys have, which is against the Rams. So the Rams are now fighting for a wild card after struggling quite a bit. And so they're neck and neck with the Vikings. I mean, it's just all really crazy. But let's talk about that Rams team because they beat the Seahawks the other day, which is how with the 49ers win and the Seahawks loss, they pop back up in front. I mean, the Rams all of a sudden kind of become a scary team and the 49ers play them in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they really well against Seattle, though. I mean, you either have the good Jared Goff or you have the bad Jared Goff. And we saw against Seattle, there was the good Jared Goff. At the same time, you know, Seattle wasn't able to get the pressure on. When he has pressure, he just doesn't perform as well. He does a lot better when at time. He's a totally different quarterback. And I think all quarterbacks, to some extent, appreciate the extra time there. But um, that's why the matchups are so important. Get it through. But other teams, the 49ers showed, I mean, really put the pressure on the Rams. Really able to do much at all. So it's interesting. I don't think that they're as scary as, you know, they've definitely looked against Seattle. But this is where matchups come. So depending on how, you know, if the Rams make it in, I would almost would rather see them play Seattle in the first seed. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the 49ers have the fifth versus them playing another team and 49ers knocking them out. Everybody well, they wouldn't. The I don't think they'd play. If Seattle had the first seed, then the Rams wouldn't play them, though, because Seattle would have the first weekend off. Uh, so. Oh, that's right. You're right. So it would become if the, the Niners would end up playing the NFC East, and then I think, I don't know. I guess yeah, they'd probably play the, the North. Saints. Yeah, they would go against the Saints, and then they'd probably get wiped out. Yeah, they get the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> so there would be so there would be that. But so let's talk about that for a second. So the Rams, their final three games are Cowboys, 49ers, Cardinals. Of course, it depends which Cowboys show up, but it seems the last couple weeks that the Cowboys basically are playing like they know their coach is getting fired. There's right. nothing they can do about it, and they should just call it for the season and I I that really is what they look like out there so I don't have a ton of faith in the Cowboys on Sunday but I guess one never knows so there's that then you have the Vikings who are right behind the Packers but the Rams and Vikings are also kind of neck and neck for the wild card so they have the Vikings final schedule or the Chargers the Bears and the Packers now the Bears are interesting because again it depends you talked about good Jared Goff or bad Jared Goff it depends. Do you have good Mitchell Trubisky or bad Mitchell Trubisky? And that is very interesting, too. They beat the Cowboys last week handily. Uh, so this NFC wild card is going to be really, really interesting. I mean, the the Rams, I think the Rams could beat the Cowboys and the Cardinals, and then I think they'd lose to the 49ers. And I don't think that's me being biased. I just think that's probably what's going to happen. So they – they have, I think, an easier go of it than the Vikings do. The Bears, who still have an outside chance, they have a real rough go of it. They have the Packers, the Vikings, and the Chiefs to finish it out. So right. that's that's that doesn't sound promising for them. Yeah, I mean the way it looks, meaning it's it's a tough it's tough NFC, and you have the Saints in there. You, I mean Vikings are tough on any given day. Packers, 49ers, um, Seahawks, of course. 
I mean, that's a tough, but you're really looking at a tough, um, you know, NFC there, and it could at any time, you know, have the Rams mixed in there. So it's it's going to be interesting, but it, I think the best teams are there, um, save for the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> So here's, I'm going to do a little NFC prediction of how it's going to shake out. Do you want to do one as well? Okay. All right. So here's my NFC prediction of how it's going to shake out. I think the 49ers will win the West. I th- We know the Saints will win the South because they already locked that up. I think the Packers win the North. And then I think that the Eagles win the East. So then if the 49ers win the West, Seattle gets that wild card spot, one wild card spot. And then I think that six seed is going to go to, I think it's going to go to the Rams. And you're going to end up with three NFC West teams to playoffs. I'm just throwing it out there. Obviously, I could be wrong, but I just feel like, I just, because when I look at the Viking, what the Vikings are up against versus what the Rams are up against, I think the Vikings have a much tougher go of it. Yeah. Yeah. They do have a tough – I mean, they're one a game up. I mean, it's possible. I think the Vikings do well, though. So, that one – it's hard to say. Um, ooh, let's see. I'm, I think the 49ers winning the West. Mm-hmm. Packers North, for sure. Saints, for sure. Um, yeah. The Eagles have a good shot. They just have all those injuries, you know. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, you know, they lost. That's um, true. That was, that was all a big those, those, They lost all their wide receivers, and they were even talking about um, the court, the backup quarterback coming in and playing wide receiver. I mean, that's kind of scary to think about it. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's kind of speech in itself, but it's, um, you know, Cowboys could could but I mean they're not nobody in that division's really stepping up so it's kind of a crapshoot but um, that division seems to want to win and you know the Eagles one thing I did not mention before and sorry to interrupt you I just want to throw this out before you finish the Eagles and the Cowboys play each other one more time right that game will probably that game will probably decide That's it gonna decide it yeah and you know the Eagles you know they they pulled it out but you know that was it was a tough game as far as injuries, and they're just they're riddled with them. They have injuries on both sides of the ball, so it's kind of a bummer to see that. But it you know attrition's part of the game. But they would beat, I think they would beat them normally. But um, they we'll see what happens. <laughs> I guess they're gonna have to play each other and knock that out. Yeah, that's gonna be uh, interesting. So then, who do you think gets that last wild card spot? I'm, you know, I think Rams are cool, but they have to go through the 49ers again, and I think that's going to be tough. But the other two games they could win, go 10 and six. Yep, they would go 10 and six. They win the other I two think games. that they could potentially get it, but the Vikings are nine and four. So when you look at that, I mean, they would only one game, and they could lose the rest and still, you know. I don't know how that would if they faced off at all. The Rams well, I, so the I Rams will get it. I will say this, despite what I said a few minutes ago. I do think the Vikings have Chargers, Bears, Packers. I do think there's a high likelihood the the Vikings beat the Chargers, and I think they'll beat the Bears. I mean, I just think 
they're a better team than both of those teams. And with the yeah. Chargers, they're, you know, you just don't know which Chargers team is going to show up. So, oh, the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I swear. It's, uh, so I think, well, you know, that'll be interesting. So, despite what I said earlier, the Vikings, the Rams may be my, my wild card hot take, but nine and four. Uh, and even if they ended up, like you said, 10 and six because they did beat the Rams, correct? Is that what you said? Um, the Rams beat the Vikings. Oh, so well, that's where that's... if they tie, then it's the, the Rams, Rams get it. But, so Vikings to take two out, and Rams got to they got to try to win two out of their last three. So and and I don't know if they're gonna win. I don't think they're gonna win against 49ers. I don't think I, they are either. Then they'd have to win both of their other games. So I mean, they have to kind of pull really turn it up. Is it possible? Absolutely, but. I mean, just to tie with them is it's hard. It, it definitely it is hard. You know, this I, this is and maybe I just not remembering from season to season, but this is. I feel like the first time in a long time there are going to be so many things that come down to the final weekend. I feel like oh, in the past 100%. few years, most has been most things have kind of been decided by then. But this final weekend is going to have huge playoff implications, which is exciting. It's fun. 100%. I mean, I'd love to see, you know, the 49ers win out and, you know, clinch early, but it's crazy that they're 11 and 2 and they haven't clinched anything. Well, what's crazy is they're 11 and 2 and they haven't clinched, but that if right. the Seahawks had won the other night, that part is definitely crazy. But the Seahawks had won, then they would have clinched because they right. would clinch the wild card. But obviously the Seahawks losing is better for them, but then they don't clinch. That's to me even like more crazy. That like I don't know if I kept I was looking I'm like who do I root for and I'm like win win either way <laughs> it is totally was, win win either way but it's just I, fascinating uh, to me yeah it was funny because that's how but that's how it works it depends on so many different you know nuances of who loses who, who helps you who doesn't so it's kind of even on the AFC too I mean you got the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. The Bills, the Texans, even the Steelers turned, I don't know what happened to that. I mean, they just turned it around. So and the Ravens, of course, they clinched, but they clinched into um, the number one, I think. No, they clinched their division. It's just all, it, it, a lot of good football teams here. It, it could go any way, and that's, it's exciting. I think this is the best. NFL we've seen in a long time yeah with so many so many competitive teams which does make it very exciting um so switching gears a little to something that we have not I, I don't think we've talked enough about is 49ers tight end George Kittle <laughs> George Kittle is the man George Kittle is a beast George Kittle is everything these are all things that I have tweeted multiple times and Without George Kittle, the 49ers do not win on Sunday uh, on fourth and two. And it's so – it just shows, again, any given Sunday. The week before, it came down to a fourth and one, and they couldn't convert. And this week, it came down to that fourth and two, and they converted. And then some George Kittle, 39 yards after the catch with the Baltimore Ravens literally on his face mask. But he just took him with them down the field, um, setting up the game-winning field goal. But I, I just want to talk about – this. I'm sorry, what did I say? You said Ravens. You're right. I said Ravens. Well, there I yeah, I have Ravens on the brain. You are correct. With the Saints on his face mask, taking them down three the field. Of them. Three crazy. of them. Not just one, not two. Three members of the New Orleans Saints. 
uh, setting up, of course, the game-winning Robbie Goldfield goal. And I, I say we haven't talked about George Kittle enough because, you know, I think there's been talk over the last year, is he the best tight end in the league? He is the best tight end in the league. You saw what a difference the 49ers offense was without him, especially in that Seattle game. And something that has been talked about a lot over the last week or two, of course, is his blocking ability. I mean, he is the best all-around tight end in the league. It changes the run game. He's he's incredible, and I think he's our new Gronk. I mean, he's really that yeah. kind of tight end, change maker, playmaker, and it's just it's just been awesome to watch. And I felt we should I felt we should discuss it further. Yeah, I mean, it's, and he's really dynamic with Kyle Shanahan because. He can line up at tight end, no problem, obviously. But then he can line up at wide receiver. He can even – he's even lined up, you know, in the backfield at running back, which is crazy because, like, how do you prepare? Where is he going to go? And he's mm-hmm. so strong, but at the same time, fast. And so it's it, it, it's just neat to see him – you know, you don't know if he's going to block. You don't know if he's going to, you know, you know, go out to the side. But it's just – it's really great to – to watch him because he's very dynamic and I, I just, you never know exactly where he's going to go, but he ends up, you know, being right where he's supposed to be. So um, really good in Kyle Shanahan's system. And, you know, he, I think has a really good relationship with Jimmy G. They, it's like they zone in every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he is just, I think he's fantastic. He is fantastic, and Kyle Shanahan said something really interesting after the game the other day. He said with George, it's not just what he brings to the team in terms of his ability and his talent and his um, you know, versatility. It's also a mental toughness because right. he said that what, what I thought was like so interesting was he said that with offensive linemen, they don't have a choice. They got to be tough every down, whether they like it or not. But he said the true right. toughness of a team, I'm paraphrasing here, but is essentially with the skill players in the skill positions. And George Kittle brings that extra toughness because not a lot of people would keep going because really he'd had the yards after the catch and they had the face mask penalty. So right. it would have been totally acceptable and understandable for him to be like, okay, I'm done. But he knew the closer he got, the better shot they had at that game-winning field goal. So he just kept going. Yeah. And that, I think, is what's – really just what gives him that extra edge, which makes him what makes him that much better that kind of makes him a little bit like a Gronk 2.0 or, or and he keeps, more. He keeps his cool too. Like, yeah. you know, when, you know, when he got that face mask grab and it was pretty brutal, mm-hmm. he could have easily done the same thing, you know, but he kept his cool. He kept on, you know, going when he, he was smart. He took, you know, the, he took the face mask. He didn't get, upset because then those penalties would have been offset if he would have retaliated so I felt like he kept his cool he knew what he was doing and his focus was winning and he was going to win this game for the 49ers if he had to so I love that I mean just very smart play absolutely and I think he is he is their x factor and you know on that team they have a couple of x x factors I think Nick Bosa is very much an x factor Warner is an X factor. I mean, Nick Bosa, you know, the defense struggled the other day and we talked, uh, you know, it was talked a lot about and, and it happens like, you know, as, as was discussed, there's many a weeks where the offense has struggled and the defense stepped up and they won. And this week the defense struggled and the offense won. But what I think got lost a little bit in that, at least nationally, is that Nick Bosa had a hell of a football game. He was all over the place. He brought pressure to breathe. 
He made some really key plays. And so you have a couple X factors on this team. And I just don't see I don't see anyone beating him in the NFC. I just feel very strongly we are going to be seeing a Ravens 49ers part due in the Super Bowl. And I am here for it. And I'll be, <laughs> and I'll be there for it. <laughs> I'm everywhere for it. All the places for it. But And I think the other day was also very much a statement game for Jimmy Garoppolo and for Kyle Shanahan. First of all, Kyle Shanahan's bag of tricks in that game, his play calling was next level. Toe-to-toe right. with Sean Payton, and he just was – he was just on his game, literally and figuratively. And I think it was a statement game for Garoppolo, who put the team on his back on the road in the Superdome, which was like the loudest place in the world, against Drew Brees and not phase. And something that we talk a lot about, you know, in the Bay, but I don't know is talked about as much as much nationally, but nothing phases Jimmy Garoppolo. He's he, just – that's amazing. That's true. Anytime, even when he, I mean, he, I don't know. I think he played his best game Sunday for sure that I've ever seen him play. I mean, I think he started out a little like shaky, but he's coming off an ace. And the more he plays, the better he gets. And so that's, I know he's not like everybody won't give him that credit, but he is getting better. And it's, it's fun to watch him because he's threading the needle, man. And he's finding, um, receivers that are open, even on really tough, like, like that in end zone play to Sanders. I, I mean, that was what that a he... way to respond because that drive, that game had the potential to go off the rails for the 49ers, and that drive made it so it didn't. And that drive was real quick, <laughs> which was great. Um, but that kind of response, I mean, that was that was just it was just incredible. So I don't know that he gets enough credit. And we've joked a lot on this podcast and there's always jokes on Twitter. Like there's that one interception. Now he's going to go off, but that's, I think, incredible too. He'll throw, you know, when he throws a bad interception, it doesn't even phase him. He comes right back out. And usually the next drive is like a touchdown or, or his field. He's really known. And I, I just don't know that he gets enough credit for that kind of ability of, of nothing phasing him. And at the end of the day, when you look at his record, he wins. So no matter what happens in the game, no matter what mistakes he makes with teammates, he wins. They've lost two games um, by very few points. And one of those games, I mean, in each game, you're, they were a missed field goal from the right. backup kicker away from winning, and they were a fourth and one away from most likely winning. So he's good. And so I just I don't know that he gets enough credit, and maybe it's even better that he doesn't that he continues to surprise people, but um, I think it was worth, we've now made this a George Kittle and a Jimmy Garoppolo appreciation <laughs> podcast. Thank you for coming to our TED talk. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, it's just that the 49ers are fun to watch. I mean, anybody they play, it's just really great game. And it you've got to give it to the Saints. I mean, the Saints were really, really good. And they played oh, good so defense good. too. I mean, they were able to get through. And, you know, one thing that I thought would, matter was the loss of Hart, and I know that they lost their son to 49ers. I am a little nervous about that um, because, it, and then also Richard Sherman in that game. So hopefully, you know, um, they'll be able to get them healthy because you don't want big losses like that going into the playoffs. So, you know, I could kind of see um, 49ers 
you know, hope not, but you could kind of see them, you know, not necessarily winning a few games just because they have to get that number one seed, that they want to get people healthy. So Yes, and I think you, know, you bring up a good point with the injuries. Western Richburg is out for the season. Their center, Sherman, is out at least two weeks. D Ford re-aggravated his hamstring. He's out at least three weeks, which means we, we won't see him the rest of the playoffs. Uh, we'll have a better idea on Jaquaski Tart later this week, better idea on D, DJ Jones later this week. So they definitely have some significant injuries. Um, they've been next man up all season, and the team has depth, which helps. But I think they're really – I'm sure they're really, really hoping Sherman is okay for Seattle and that Tart is good, you know, either this week or for the Rams. This week we have the Falcons, who obviously do not have a good record and have not played well, but they have surprised people, including the Saints, in a couple of games. And, of course, there's a little extra oomph in this one because Kyle Shanahan was their offensive coordinator and (laughs) the Super Bowl loss. So there's a little bit bit extra – Je ne sais quoi, if you will, for other than would normally be there for two teams that are playing, one of whom I believe is three and seven, and the other, of course, was 11 and two. Wait, is that right? Three and seven? That can't be right. Three and eight? Um, either way, they're not very good. So <laughs> there's not, there wouldn't usually be, you know, anything, but there's just that little extra oomph for this week. So um, we'll see how it goes. So that is going to be. An interesting one to watch, but mainly this weekend, we're going to be paying close attention to the Cowboys and the Rams, and I think the Vikings and all kinds of teams fighting for wildcard spots. But that brings us to, Steph, our favorite part of the show, Fangirl Says, who's hot, who's not. So I'm going to let you go first this time. I think I went first the last couple times. Okay. Um, so Jimmy G's my hot. He played amazing, played the best um, that I've ever seen him play. Um, half game, it was fought. And I, even when he had 56 seconds to go in and get it close enough to the winning field goal, just really good to see him be that, you know, poised and able to go out and get the win against the first place Saints, you know. So they yeah. knocked him down. Quite a bit. So I'm. Um, it definitely was a just an amazing like spark there, and so I love to see it. Um, I don't know if you heard about this. The Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they, I guess, their crew did a silly video and then forgot half of their mm-hmm. their stuff at, and left the airport. And I thought that was hysterical. Yep. <laughs> so it's kind of my fave, but not, you know, but it's not so hot because if they didn't get that back to the Patriots game, they would have had to forfeit that game. So the Chiefs, um, their, their staff that bring, what is it, their, what is that called? Their, I don't uh, know, their. Equip, equipment staff? They bring all the stuff. Equipment the, equip, the equipment staff. The equipment staff, I would imagine. They get my not hot because they could have lost that game for the Chiefs. That's fair. And also, I would like to real quick, before my who's hot, who's not, the Falcons are four and nine. So I was real off, but also clearly not good at math because I was like, wait, they can't be three and seven. They would have played way less games than everybody else. Um, so they are four and nine. So there's that. Um, all right. My fangirl says who's hot is George Kittle, which is probably not a big surprise based on my comments earlier. He, I think, is pretty much 
as hot as they come right now in the NFL, certainly at the tight end position. So he gets my who's hot. And my who's not hot is a little bit harder, except I'm going to go ahead and say, despite their win last night, the Eagles are not hot. Playing for the NFC East and came very close to losing to the Giants, who were on a several game, I think eight game losing streak going into this game. Uh, And I think generally... Eagles and Cowboys both playing like they don't really want the division, though the Eagles look like they changed their mind at the end there. But um, I'm giving both of them the not hot. So there we go. Uh, And with that, uh, we will talk to you guys next week going into week 16. We are so close to the end and then to the playoffs. And personally, I can't wait. Steph, have a fantastic week. You too. All right. Bye, everybody.